Happy Wednesday, everyone. This is Doug Farrar, editor of Touchdown Wire on the USA Today Sports Media Group, as well as the uh, shot caller, for better or worse, for the Speaking of Everything podcast. We have a special podcast guest and video guest today, Brian Baldinger of the NFL Network, Encompass Media, and Odyssey, and Sky Sports in England. And Baldy, you're all over the place, man. Well, it's uh, football's a global business right now, Doug, and uh, people need to get their fix. They need to know if their quarterbacks stink or if they need to go find another one or if their general manager has an idea. I mean, they just they just need to know these important things, Doug. So somebody's got to flesh it out and see what they can do to help them out. It's, you know, it's it's who you are. It's what you do. Um, so I wanted to start with uh, Coach Tube, which we talked about last time. Wanted to get that plug in. Great product. I love it. Um, you're involved with Coach Tube. Kind of go into that and, and how important that is to you. Well, uh, you know, it started during the pandemic, like a lot of things, Doug. You know, I mean, we were all kind of trapped, you know. And so myself and guys that run the Draft Bible, we, we put together really like a coach's clinic on Zoom. Uh, we called it Coach Tube. But, I mean, it was basically what I did was I took uh, three great players, usually a Hall of Fame player and then some current good players, and we just broke down position by position, you know, Ed Reed at free safety, you know, Minka Fitzpatrick at free safety, if we're looking at that, or, you know, we're looking at, I don't know, Walter Jones at left tackle and, you know, some of the Trent Williams at left tackle. So we just went position by position around the NFL and just, you know, the fundamentals and the toolkit of each one of these positions, why they became a great player, what young players, high school players, coaches uh, could really learn from it. Um, to try to teach from the best. And we, you know, we, we had, uh, you know, we, we had a really good turnout and it was a lot of fun putting it together and then kind of, I was just guided it, you know, but I mean, really it was the, the insights of the fans and the, the coaches and the scouts, all the guys that, you know, and girls that uh, tuned in really their questions sort of ignited, you know, all of the discussion. So it was good. That's great. Uh, I'm a Seattle guy. I've actually had Walter in my living room watching tape about yeah. four years ago. His head is the size of my car. He's I was going to say, car. like, how big is the the couch that you put him on, Doug? I mean, uh, I had like an old wooden table with big chairs, and I just I, I knew, you know, yeah, big Walt is he's such a nice guy and the best left tackle I've ever seen. Uh, just I, I used to say, literally in his prime, you know, when Seattle went to the Super Bowl and all that, that you could build your entire game plan with Sean Alexander or Hasselbeck, whatever, around Walter. And you just do the passing lanes were going to be there. The cut lane, the cutback lanes were going to be there. And, um, you know, like he, and then when Hutch was there, mm-hmm. I mean, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty dominant. Up front. I, have, I have two words. And you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Mike Rucker. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's running faster than Alexander on that play. It's just, yeah. it's preposterous. Uh, well, that's a good segue because uh, for the time I have you, I want to talk about a couple of things, but, I want to start with an offensive line and a game plan that w- I have never seen so many offensive linemen so happy about a single game in my entire life than what the Patriots did to the Bills on Monday night. Because you and Jeff Schwartz on Twitter, Jeff Saturday on ESPN, you big guys had your day. And I think the people pointing out, I want to start with this. The people pointing out that the Patriots averaged 4.8 yards per rush, or they had 11 first downs, or they had a, a negative rushing EPA. I think they're kind of missing the point. I want to get your thought on this. This was the ultimate Belichick adjustment game. And the Bills knew exactly what was coming. They had 10 in the box, the deep safety over and over and over. And it didn't matter. Um, I know you broke down the G lead plays first. I want to talk about that first. 
the two-play sequence where Damian Harris got 22 yards on, on G. Lee right, and then Ramondi Stevenson got 11 yards, flipping the formation, G. Lee left in the next play. And the Bills were like, what What the hell do we do here? Yeah. It was just well, I mean, it was that, that was the game. You know, I mean, you're, you're sitting on the couch, you're watching it on Monday night, and you're watching it, and you're like, this is so, cle-, you know, it's clever, it's fun, it's good. I was a little ticked off, Doug, that they actually threw the ball back-to-back plays there in the third quarter. I'm like – the hell with the forward pass. <laughs> All those analytic nerds. like oh, crap. Yeah. Like this is, they're just playing to win the game. But then you go back and you watch it and you realize, you know, they only ran a couple plays, Doug. I mean, she yep. lead back and forth, like back-to-back plays and over and over again in the second half, toss crack and, you know, for the touchdown run and the two-point conversion, exact same play. Um, you know, they repeated plays and they basically got a bullhorn out and told the, the, the Buffalo Bills, this is what we're doing. You try to stop it. And you could just almost see at the very end when Belichick let out just a little bit of a smile on the sideline that he was like, all you people in Buffalo think that you guys have a shot at this division. We're just going to let you know that you have no chance. You have no chance. You're not built the right way. You can't. We we tied one hand behind our back and we beat you. And like all those cliches and all that stuff that we've all kind of said at one time or another describing the game of football all came to fruition. And part of the reason why he believed he could run it 34 times in a row, Doug, and repeat play after play after play is even on third and 13, we're going to run it is because they knew the defense was doing the exact same thing on the other side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, you go back to the Colts bills game and there were some similar concepts that the bills defense really struck. I mean, they're a great defense still number one in DBO, even after that mess. Um, but there, to me, I want to get your take on this. Uh, there, it, it's a fast defense. It's a light defense. Star comes back, but they don't have you know uh, even a half of a Vita Vea. They don't have that guy who's just going to stand there and be a tree in the middle of the whole thing. Um, and the Colts were in that crunch thing with Jack Doyle, and I, you know, I'm sure Belichick watched that and went, "Okay, these are our versions of. And we're just going to do this." And the Bills, who I picked to go to and win the Super Bowl, they're in danger of missing the playoffs, and. Boy, I don't know. Uh, you know, McDermott said after the game, this wasn't a Belichick thing. It was exactly a Belichick thing. It was take what you can. He wore a Navy face mask before the game when he was talking to Lisa Salters. He was like, as you said, the bullhorn, like telegraphing it. We're going to run the, through your bleeping, bleeping face. And that's what they did. And it, it, I was there, uh, Doug, in uh, announcing that uh, Buffalo Indianapolis game. Okay. Know, weeks ago. So, I mean, I, I saw what, uh, you know, what, Jonathan Taylor did that day and what the Colts did now. Um, and I'm sure he, he looked at it and looked at the, the linebackers don't attack the line of scrimmage. They skate, um, you know, they're, you can run a trap, you know, a wham on them down on the goal line. Um, like who, who runs, who runs a wham on the goal line? I mean, defensive tackles aren't coming four yards upfield and a run for me. You know, so like, they're just, they're not built for it. They're just not. And, you know, and, uh, I'm sure Bill looked at that and said, we've, we've got the same plays, but we've got better run blockers in some cases. I mean, this is a Trent Brown game. Yeah. Um, you know, he's just not many guys built like Trent Brown in this, in the history of this business no. that, you know, live for this. You could see how excited he was getting, uh, you know, throughout the game. But yes, I, I think that I think, you know, and even if you go back to Tennessee with Derrick Henry, you know, he had the long run against them. They, mm-hmm. but what happens to Buffalo is they're so, conscious about stopping the run that they give up the big runs because they literally eliminate the second layer of defense 
you got a free safety back there, and if he takes the wrong angle when they split it, um, like he was uh, against Derek, you know, Damian Harris, like it, you might as well be playing ten men on the field. And they did the same thing to Derrick Henry. They gave up the long touchdown. Uh, they gave up the long run to Jonathan Taylor. So they're so intent on that ten man box that you can that that can that can come back to bite you a little bit sometimes too if you get the right cuts on the backside. The interesting thing to me on the first two drives, uh, the Bills had 10 men in the box literally on all six plays. It was two, three and outs. I think the Patriots gained a total of four yards. And on those first two drives, the Bills number advantage, because you can only block nine when you got Mac Jones and a running back. There was always that unblocked guy who came through on the first two drives. It worked. How did the Patriots, I mean, they, they started to run scheme the crap out of the Bills. We know that, but how did they adjust? Because it seemed like it wasn't just, this is our plan. It seemed like they adjusted in game. Belichick talked about that after the game. Like Josh McDaniels had some really nice adjustments and that's where you saw the crack toss. And then the, the, the G lead later and the jumbo stuff. But the most interesting thing to me about the plan was the first two drives, it didn't work. And then they switched it to something and it started to just, then it well, was like the, the rolling ball of butcher knives. Well, they added, you know, they added Michael Wenyu as a third tight end. You know, they went to I formation. You know, whenever the Patriots struggle, Doug, I mean, I mean, throughout Bill Belichick's tenure, whether Brady there or not, they go to I formation. They go to the most basic formation in the game of football. And by and the way, can we talk about Jacob Johnson? Oh, yeah, my gosh. Yeah, I mean, straight <laughs> fullback. I mean, you need a fullback go straight to Stuttgart. You know, they're just, they're just manufacturing him there. Um, look, he's, you know, it, it's, it's almost impossible. To track what Jakob Johnson has done, where he came from, and the program he got into, and see where he's at, especially when the Patriots put such a premium at that position. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, James Devlin for years. I mean, they've always had a great lead blocking back. And, you know, a lot of teams, well, we'll just take a offensive guard or defensive tackle or, you know, some scrub linebacker, we'll put them there. No, they, they mold those players. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and Jakob is that guy right now. And, you know, he, he makes a big difference. Like he, he, first of all, he knows how to read blocking schemes on the run. Not everybody that plays that position can do that. And then he runs through his defenders. He runs right through them. It's hunt, 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 kill. It, you yeah, know, I mean, see, you know, put the guys on the back, but, you know, at the same time, he's moving them out. There's, mm-hmm. there's running lanes. And the, the running backs, you know, Ramondre, uh, I was talking to somebody here at NFL Films. I was a big fan of his. He was telling me all about him in the draft. And he's like, ah, you know, scouts dropped him because he ran a 4.840. Well, I don't know what he runs, if that's 4.8 or not. But I know this. He's a big back with light feet. Mm-hmm. You know, the way Jerome Bettis was. I mean, there's not many guys like that. So he can make cuts in the hole that, you know, light little backs can make. But he's 2.40. So, you know, it's a, it's, 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 you know, it's, it, he's a great fit. Because they have a different plan for every back, Harris, Bolden, Harris, you know, if J.J. Taylor gets in the game, they have a different game plan for each back. It's fascinating. Uh, they won eight of nine. The one loss was to the Cowboys in overtime. That was such a weird game. Are they, once again, for the 12 billionth time in the last 20 years, are they now the team nobody wants to face? No one's in the AFC, we know that, but... <laughs> I don't, yeah. you know, if they're playing like this, and the thing about them is it's, if they're playing like this, they got to buy, then they're facing the Colts. They'll do something completely different. Yeah. When the Bills come in on December 26th, they'll probably throw it 45 times. You can never pick it out. 
No. I remember one time when Rex Ryan had his defense, you know, cooking, um, you know, I, I, when he was in Buffalo and they were playing great defense and Belichick threw it 60 something times and didn't yeah. run it at all. Like just the reverse. So you don't know what you're going to get until, and I don't even know, like be honest with you, Doug, like it's hard to know that the weather was going to be exactly what it was. Like what if the gusts weren't 40 miles an hour or 50 miles an hour? What if it was 10? What if, you know, all those things changed game time. I, I feel like they had a game plan if the weather was a little bit milder versus what we saw where you're wearing ski mask, you know, before the game, you know, I just felt like there was, there's, there's, that's how they're built, you know, and. I think they're really trying to exploit Wallace is the, is the number one kind of the boundary guy now. And then whoever's replaced, because the one thing about that game is we didn't know how the no. loss of Tredavious White is going to affect that defense. Cause you know, they threw the ball three times. Um, yeah. I, I mean, they, that's the against Colts. We're going to run the ball. This is who we are. Well, I think, you know, they're the team to beat, Doug. Yeah. Uh, defensively, you, oh. you know, they've always been a real heavy man-to-man team. And when you take guys like Malcolm Butler or J.C. Jackson, you turn them into these, you know, Pro Bowl players. You, what, what happens is, to me, is you, you train them, and this is what you should do, and I'm sure other teams do it. I'm not saying that they're the only ones. But you train them in strict man-to-man coverage rules mm-hmm. and how to play man-to-man. And then – when you lose a Stephon Gilmore and you don't have or a JC Jones and they're not there and you got to play more zone coverage because you know you're playing the Green Goblin out there at, at, at corner and he's not built to play. You play more zone. They've been um, a zone team for the last month. They totally flipped it. Oh yeah, totally flipped. So you know you you, you see the you know the stats right now and you can see it. You, know, you don't need the stats. You can watch it. They're not playing, but but regardless of how they want to play, and this is what I have been saying over the last month. I think a lot of coaches have a vision about how their team is built and how they want them to play. Mm-hmm. And you have heard it in, you know, a football life uh, with Bill Belichick that it's not always the case that he can't get his team to play the way he wants them to play. But yeah, I, I, I on the sideline, like we don't have it this year. Yeah. I remember that. I get the feeling right now that when he sees this team, first of all, I think he likes this team. Yeah. He likes the challenge of a rookie quarterback and, you know, getting him comfortable. And and he likes all the, the new additions of Hunter Henry and, you know, Nelson Aguilar or whatever. But I think he likes the way they work and the way they adjust and the way they obviously take from the practice field to the game field and how they make that. Because defensively, nobody plays defense like they do. I mean, no nobody's inside linebackers attack guards and just knocks them. Yeah. That's the way they well, do it. Uh, Mac Jones might not be Belichick's best 2021 draft pick from Alabama because Christian Barmore is just a stud. Yes, that guy. Wow. Yeah, he's a stud. You know, they they, they run. They're, they're a linebacker driven team. So those guys up front, Lawrence Guy, Barmore. You know, they they have got to play. They've got to do a lot of the dirty work. You know, and they've got to be the drive guys and you know the twist stunts that they run. And he just seems. First of all, he's got great individual's uh, strength and power. Mm-hmm. Uh, he stays on his feet. He's not on the ground uh, and he can run, you know, he can run and he can chase. So he's got the whole package. And so he's, he's been a, not a pleasant surprise. I mean, draft him in the first round, but he's playing like a, what a first rounder should play like. Yeah. Well, he made a uh, life of an unpleasant surprise for Mission Morrison a couple of plays. <laughs> he's nasty every week. Um, 
I wanted to close with your Philly guy. You're at NFL Films right now. Um, you obviously study the Eagles very closely. Uh, Gardner Minshew, is the quarterback controversy in your mind, should it be more than talk radio warmed over fodder? Is there something here that the Eagles perhaps can capitalize on? And, and just give me your sense of where Minshew is and where Jalen Hurts is. Well, I mean, Minshew started 21 games in his, in his life. That was one of the best games of – he had a game against Indy to start the season last year in Jacksonville, which was a little bit better. But I mean, he was he was pretty flawless the other day. But I, I'm a Jalen Hurts guy. Like I just think his leadership, his athletic ability, his ability to learn, to adjust. Like I think he's getting better. Minshew, you know, going back to Mike Leach days at Washington State. I mean, those guys that come out of that system, and it's a system. I mean, spread the spread the field, look for the matchup, get the ball out of your hands. You know, it's 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 kind of a one-read system. He's good at that. The ball gets out of his hands. He's not holding it. People are like, this is what we want. You know, Jalen's running back there, back and forth, and trying to, you know, create something. And there's Minshew, and it was the Jets. So you have to kind of just hold your horses a little bit. It's it's a rookie defense outside of C.J. Mosley for the most part for the Jets. So just you got to hold it a little bit. But he 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 made impressive throws on third down to Quez Watkins and. Jalen Hurts hasn't made those throws. Uh, he got the ball to the tight end, and Jalen has not gotten the ball to the tight end regularly. So uh, you did see a different style of offense. But th- I would also say this, Doug. This is the best offense line by far that Minshew's ever played behind. And oh, he yeah. didn't have to – he had time to get to the number two read uh, on occasion when he, when he did. And it was a lot easier to go pick the Jets apart behind <laughs> – you know, when he had four seconds back there and five seconds to throw it. I mean, the Eagles have an elite offensive line. Oh, yeah. The best set of tackles in football right now, and they can run block with anybody in the business. And I'm all here for the Jason Kelsey renaissance because that's been good to see. Um, any other thoughts, any other teams, any other guys that you've watched that you think, boy, I, you know, maybe we're not talking about this guy or that guy or this team or that team enough? Well, I think, you know, when you look at the Miami Dolphins right now, yes. Doug, you know, um, they've won five in a row. And, you know, one in seven is a deep crypt. You know, like you could go back and, you know, study how many teams have ever come out of a hole like that, you know, and gotten to the postseason. But when you look at them defensively, you know, they've taken a lot of heat for a lot of the decisions they made. But if you look at this draft of Jalen Waddell, mm-hmm. Jalen Phillips, you know, and Javon Holland. Yes. To me, it looks like they struck gold in all of them. But defensively right now, you, you know, their blitz zero package, um, it, it, five weeks in a row now, it, it, teams are in a conundrum. Baltimore couldn't figure it out. The Giants had no chance. Like, they're getting free hitters to the quarterback. Um, they're running their twists. They're dropping guys out. I mean, they're they're forcing you to max protect, and then they're dropping eight. I mean, they've got a package right now that they can – I think they can take a long ways because they've got – Elite. I mean, Xavier Howard has elite ball skills, mm-hmm. period. The ball is thrown up in the air. It's 50-50 ball. He's coming down with it like he did on Sunday. Javon Holland is the next Minka Fitzpatrick in this business. Yes. I mean, he's yeah, he's great player. And, like, he – I've always said this, Doug, like, when you look at all the stats and things that are out there, why teams give up big plays in this business, it always falls on the back end. Either it's poor tackling or poor coverage mm-hmm. or combination. And if you look at Miami right now, they're not giving up those plays at all. And so the tackling is crisp. Uh, Javon Holland is a great tackler, and he's a great thumper. 
Uh, and then, you know, Howard and Jones and, you know, the, the guys they have are really good at what they do. And to me, offensively, they're just – the offense line is very – it's poor. Yeah. The running game is poor. Um, Tua is doing the best he can, which is pretty good with what he has. I mean, the whole thing is an RPO at this point, right? Just about. Just about. I mean, it's a big part of what they do, and it's not a bad – you can't you can't make a complete living doing this in the NFL. Teams – Bobby Wagner and these guys in this business, they're just sitting waiting on this stuff. So you can't do that every week. But, you know, they can get the ball to Waddle because he can separate with the best of them, and that's what they do. And so they, they manufacture offense however they can, but defensively they're really good right now. I'll add uh, the name Emmanuel Ogba, who's been one of my underrated guys for about three years. Yeah. That, he's just a yeah. force. And when he and Phillips go in tandem, it's like, uh, I think they pretty much ended the Panthers' season in that game, especially the offense. Well, I mean, the force No, no way. No way, no how. Brian Bulger, as always, thank you so much for taking the time, man. Uh, we'll talk about Coach Tube on the podcast and yep. in the article. Uh, great stuff. And take care. Have, uh, happy holidays as well. My pleasure, Doug. You do the same as well. All right. Enjoy it.